Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Lights, Camera, Sports podcast presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. I'm your host, Mike Galtieri. Well, with all the national championship discussion being played in college football in University of Central Florida, I thought it'd be a great time uh, to have Mike Oresco on our podcast. He's the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference. And we talked about just that, his thoughts on UCF claiming the national championships, of course, their great season, why he wants his conference to be part of the Power Six. Uh, we examined the football, college football playoff system, as well as talking about basketball, Wichita State being a new member of the American Athletic Conference, uh, as well as their TV deal. So a lot of lively discussion this podcast. Uh, first, I'd like to remind everybody, if you're a BC football fan, you need to be part of the BC Football Gridiron Club. Just go to bcfootballgridiron.com for more details and to sign up. All right, we'll get right into the podcast first. We'll hear from Chestnut Hill Technologies and then Stone Love and Pizza and then go right into the podcast. As always, thanks so much for listening. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Their pizzas are cooked in a stone-fired brick oven directly on the stone to lock in the flavor. Stone Love and Pizza uses all-natural products. In other words, their dough, sauce, and cheese contain no additives, preservatives, or weird chemicals of any kind. Come visit one of Stone Lovin's three locations, including the newest location at 1649 Beacon Street. The Lights, Camera, Sports Podcast, presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. I'm your host, Mike Galtieri. Well, we're lucky enough to be joined once again by Mike Oresco, the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, who's a happy guy right now. It's his uh, UCF coming off a big win, 34-27 victory over Auburn in the Peach Bowl. First of all, Mike, thanks so much for joining us. Well, my pleasure, Mike. Happy New Year, and uh, glad to be with you. Let's get right into that game, Mike, while we got it. First of all, I assume you were there at the Peach Bowl. What was the atmosphere like, Uh, just your general take of uh, that game? It looked awesome on TV. Yeah, it was. It was terrific. Uh, It was electric. Uh, There were a lot of UCF fans there. I didn't realize how many because in the stadium, you know, they wear black, and and there's black and red. Uh, You know, the seats are red. You really can't tell sometimes whether they're Auburn or, or UCF fans out there. And they uh, they lit their cell phones, I guess, at various times during kickoffs and things. And there was a huge contingent from UCF there. And it was an electric atmosphere. There were obviously many, many Auburn fans, you know, the universities right down the road. Uh, and it just had a big game feel. And it was a big game. It was an important game. And that stadium as well, does it look as nice as – is it <laughs> nice as they as appear on TV? It's a beautiful new stadium, yeah, very, very nice, no question. It's, it's got a very uh, futuristic design outside, too, you know, all sorts of angles. It's uh, it's different than the old dome. It's a really beautiful place, and uh, people of Atlanta have uh, really obviously embraced college football as well as, uh, you know, the Falcons, so it's, uh, it's a nice thing for them. And let's just talk about the Central Florida program, UCF. Two years ago, oh for no wins. A lot of the same players two years later, they're undefeated 13-0. Just talk about their transformation. It is a remarkable one, but it, it is a little bit deceptive because that 0-12 team had far more talent than, than a team that typically wins no games or just a few games. 
Uh, you know, there was a lot of turmoil that year. You know, George O'Leary had done an incredible job at, at UCF for a number of years. Uh, but at that point, uh, he had become athletic director. He was trying to do both jobs. And, and I think uh, things got off to a rough start. Uh, they did lose a lot of seniors uh, from that team. They lost NFL players. They also had a number of injuries. And things just started to, uh, you know, spiral downward. And at, at some point, you know, it's just, it's just tough on the team. And you could see that uh, it just it, it, it just didn't work that year. Uh, so Scott came in and found a lot of good players there and uh, obviously was able to motivate them, was able to bring in some excellent players because this is a young team. I think they're probably a year ahead of where they expected to be. And uh, at that point, uh, you know, he, he realized he had a good team. First year, 6-6, six and six, you know, didn't win the bowl game. But clearly we're building something uh, that would be special down the road, and I think it just arrived sooner. Uh, an example of that, I think maybe in 2002 when Ohio State won the national championship, they probably thought they were a year ahead of schedule. You know, they thought maybe a, a year later they'd be better uh, than they were. Uh, and, and they, they, they again, they, they managed to win. Uh, so it, 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 nevertheless, let's not take anything away from Scott Frost and what he did. You know, again, when you've got an 012 team, there are all sorts of issues, uh, and you have to deal with them all. In addition, uh, you know, you have to bring in you know, a fair amount of talent quickly uh, and coach them up, and that's what he did. And obviously having a Mackenzie Milton uh, is a huge, huge plus because he, uh, he's now a seasoned sophomore. He was a true freshman last year and, uh, you know, obviously uh, got thrown right into the fire. And, and you saw how spectacular he can be uh, when he's on. He, he's as, as good as any quarterback in the country. And so that was obviously a, if you don't have that quarterback, you really can't win uh, at this level. And uh, they had that. So, again, things came together. Scott did an unbelievable job. Players love him. He loves the players. Uh, it will always be a great legacy for him and the university. And uh, the, the fact that it was a transformation from all in 12 makes it all that much more uh, uh, remarkable. Okay, Mike, now let's get to the juicy topic of the week. Everyone's talking about it. First of all, 13 is a great accomplishment. Do you agree with the national championship um, declaration that they're using, the banner, the parade? I just want to know how you fall into all that. What's your thoughts uh, on, on that I progression? I agree with it. I mean, I, never, I would never uh, you know, say anything negative about any of our teams. Uh, you know, they're having a lot of fun with it, and I think that's fine. Uh, you know, they understand that there's a system in place. And that there'll be an official, you know, uh, playoff national champion crowned on Monday. But they feel, you know, that they did enough. And in the old days, would have won a national championship. And I understand, you know, where they're coming from. So it's fine. You know, it's all in, in good fun. And, and I think it's, it's created a lot of uh, really useful controversy around the country. Uh, whether you think they should have been in the playoff or not, I don't think they should have been ranked 12th. You know, and to be honest with you, we have a, even a better example. Two years ago, Houston was ranked 18th. And anybody who saw Houston play that year and saw them demolish Vanderbilt 34 nothing, beat Louisville on the road, you know, play a very tough schedule. That was the year 2015 when we had so many good teams and were beating all the P5 teams. You know, uh, uh, Temple beat Penn State by 17, almost beat Notre Dame. Uh, Memphis had the big win over Ole Miss, which had just beaten Alabama. Um, Miami was undefeated and went up and lost to Cincinnati. We had game after game. ECU beat Virginia Tech. And, and so we had a very good conference as well. And I think the committee ranked them 18th, and we felt they were they should have been ranked much higher. They finished, I think, eighth in the final national polls. Uh, so we, we've been <laughs> we've been through this before. And uh, in this particular case, they're having some fun. Uh, 
you know, in their hearts and minds that they're, they're the champions, uh, and that's fine. But we all understand. No, no one's trying to undermine the system. <clears throat> you know, I've said it from, from the beginning this week that there's a, a national champion that will be crowned on Monday. We'll all respect that. But, you know, there's also a precedent in the past. You, you see you know, USC was not uh, in the BCS championship game, and that was a formal structure, and yet some people named them national champion. Uh, didn't mean they were the official BCS champion. They weren't. But, you know, they got recognized. There have been, in, in the past, you know, there were other kinds of, you know, when they had the mythical championship, you had all sorts of teams that were claiming national championships. And, you know, let's, let's face it, uh, you know, 30 years ago, 25 years ago, uh, before the BCS, this would be a national championship team. They're undefeated. They would have beaten Auburn, one of the top teams in the country, in a bowl game. And there's no question that uh, they would have been named national champion. BYU was back in 1984, and they were accused, too, of, of not being in you know, one of the top conferences and didn't play as tough a schedule, uh, supposedly, and then uh, beat Michigan in the bowl game, which, and that was a 6-5 Michigan team. It wasn't the offering team that you saw this weekend that uh, UCF beat. So uh, they're probably, they, they would actually have been a national champion in the old system, but that's not the world we live in now. So the championship will be decided on Monday. I have no interest in, uh, in claiming otherwise. But, uh, you know, let, let uh, UCF have some fun. I think they're ratcheting it down now, and it'll just be a, a lower-key kind of thing. Uh, and they're having a parade just to celebrate the championship, uh, the Peach Bowl championship. And they had a parade four years ago when they beat uh, Baylor in the Fiesta Bowl. They had a parade at Disney World. So there's a precedent for that, too. What do you think is the logic for them, as you mentioned, being lowerly ranked? Obviously, people mentioned straight to the schedule. What, uh, how do you absorb that as a conference, and what's your plan to try to – eliminate that from happening in the future if you, if there is a, any solution well it's not easy you know you just have to keep at it you know archie manning has a great line you just have to keep sawing wood you know you just keep at it and you build respect for your conference uh we're a lot better than people think and then for instance uh, this is the third time i've been on that podium like you know in in five years and each time we've beaten either a, a top five or top ten team you know it's not like we've beaten a just a normal, you know, a middle-level team. And uh, we, our best teams have always played well against uh, top competition. And people, uh, I hope people don't forget that uh, Houston beat uh, Oklahoma last year pretty handily uh, when Oklahoma was number three in the country and destroyed Louisville 31-0 at the half, 36-10 final, when um, Louisville was number three in the country and making all the noise. Uh, so every time we've had this opportunity, we've, we've done pretty well. Uh, we've had a lot of big wins against the P5. Uh, this year, you know, UCLA came to Memphis. Memphis won. Memphis, uh, is, you know, beat Ole Miss a few years ago. You know, uh, Houston went out to Arizona this year on the road and won. Uh, we've had a lot of those kinds of games. We've played, even some of our middle-level teams have played competitively at Ohio State and at Michigan. Cincinnati, uh, you know, it was not as competitive in our league in a lot of the games, and yet they went to Michigan and well into the fourth quarter. It was a close game. So we're, we're a good conference. We just have to keep, uh, you know, uh, working hard to win games. And we're garnering that respect. You can see it, Mike. You can see finally the controversy has, has erupted. And uh, I was a little disappointed this year. It's, it's, it's much better to be in the center of controversy, even if people don't agree with you, than to be ignored. You know, that's the worst thing. You know, I mean, the first thing they do sometimes is ignore you, and then, of course, people can sometimes ridicule you and laugh at you and say, oh, you're, you're not, you know, what you think you are. And, and then, of course, you know, there's a fight that you have to win, and ultimately I think you can win it. Um, we've had to convince the media that we were there. Uh, you know, we're, uh, the committee uh, is a great committee. 
but we I think we still have to work hard to convince them that our league's better than maybe they think it is. And um, UCF, no, it's not just you know the, the uh, strength of schedule either, because I think there has to be consistency, Mike. If uh, if Ohio State, uh, if the Big Ten were suddenly uh, weaker than it, it's been in a long, long time, for example, and you know Wisconsin this year supposedly had not played as tough a schedule as UCF at one point, yet was ranked ten places ahead of them. Uh, the question then becomes, uh, if, if that were the case and Ohio State won all their games and pulverized a lot of their opponents, just as UCF did, I suspect they would be in the top four without any question. Uh, and if, if UCF isn't going to be, then obviously uh, you could argue there's a double standard. Um, they they proved their point, and it was a very important game for them because and for the conference because had they not done as well, then people would have said, yeah, they didn't belong, and, and you know their ranking was, was correct. But a lot of people were saying it wasn't. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's good to have that controversy. I think it's healthy and uh, longer term. It probably will help schools like ours and others, other G5 schools. I hate the G5 thing because I've never thought we belonged there anyway, not to denigrate any other conference, but I always felt we were, you know, a, a P6 conference and we're fighting that battle. We're mounting that campaign and we'll keep at it. Mike, doing research for this podcast, I was surprised to learn about your position with the playoff and that you kind of like how the system is right now in terms of number of teams in a playoff. Uh, just to get your thoughts about the current playoff system that we have with college football. Well, yes, Mike, there are two issues, really. One is whether you expand the playoff, and two is whether we're getting a fair shake, and that's a separate issue. Okay. Uh, I do think that the better litmus test probably would have been last year when Houston, you know, again, really beat. Oklahoma decisively. If they hadn't had a little screw up at the goal line, they, they could have won forty to seventeen. As it was, they won thirty three twenty three, uh, and they they absolutely destroyed a Louisville team that was also third in the country. If they had been undefeated, uh, as UCF was this year in our conference last year, where we had again a lot of good teams, uh, committee would have been hard pressed to keep them out of the top four. That probably would have been a better litmus test. Unfortunately, this year UCF lost their Georgia Tech game because of the hurricane. And, and maybe just didn't have as tough a schedule, but that shouldn't be the only test. That's my point. But nevertheless, uh, you know they they um, you know they're they're a really uh, you know they're a really sound team, and and we you know we basically uh, you know just have to I think convince people you know how how good we are, and um, that's not always easy to do. And and the the G five business is is a real issue for us. You know the the whole. Uh, system is such when you have a, a line drawn people look at you differently and uh that's just something that we we've had to live with we have a lot of headwinds just have to keep uh, keep at it keep fighting but just to clarify you are okay with the four teams you you wouldn't want to see eight teams in the playoffs maybe to get ucf evolved yeah, yeah i'm sorry i know you asked that question and, and you, i you know i mentioned the other thing i i i, I don't favor expanding it at this point i mean i might be convinced down the road but I have a couple of problems. One, at this level of football, that's asking kids to play more games, and I think that's difficult because I don't see the championships going away, you know, the league championships going away, so you're going to just have more games. You're going to be playing essentially a 16-game schedule uh, for some of these kids. And, uh, you know, health and safety of the players, I think, is, is something that's really important, obviously. It's job one. And, and the, other, the other issue is, you know, you – College football, because of the rules, you know, with the first down stoppages of the clock and all the other things, and, and 
the games, there's so many plays. These kids are, are involved in, in, you know, you can have 150 plays a game, 200 game, plays a game, uh, even more than the pros. An NFL game is not going to have that many plays. And uh, that's that's an issue. So it's a long season. And the second thing is uh, I, I do uh, think that the regular season uh, would be affected. We, we've got the best regular season in sports. Now, uh, I am willing to listen, and I think some sports writers have made some points recently that are pretty good. One is that you know, we talk about how all these games matter and every game matters, and sometimes they don't because Auburn had that great win over Alabama in the Iron Bowl, and it ended up not meaning a thing because Auburn ended up, you know, playing in the, in the uh, league championship game by virtue of winning that game, and it ended up being a net negative because they lost the game and didn't end up in the playoff, and Alabama got to sit home and, and, and be in the playoff. So yeah. that game may or may not have really had any meaning. And, uh, you know, there have been other games like that, too. And, and one could argue, did UCF's games all year, and they played a lot of tough games. Uh, you know, they, they went up to Navy and broke Navy's 17-game home winning streak, and Navy's a good team. Uh they get a lot of things, and did those games matter? So, you know, you could argue that, uh, uh, you know, uh, again, I say it's the best regular season. It still is. It, it could be improved. Uh, but an eight-game playoff would probably mean that some of those big games would, would have less meaning. You know, I think last year, Ohio State, Michigan, not this year, but last year, probably um, – both of them would have been in the playoff. It'd have been an 18 playoff, but as you know, one got eliminated by virtue of losing that game. So the intensity and drama of that game was magnified, and that's what this system has, has done. So for those reasons, you know, I'm not, I'm not there at this point. I did think that there might, some, at some point, be an interim step, maybe a 16 playoff, where if you, you want to have these so-called Power Five guys in there, and then the sixth be be one from our group, or well, we'd love an automatic bid too because we think we belong in that power six when you were there three times out of five years and we had two teams the other years could easily have qualified based on the strength of our league um we think that 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 should be us but if it, if it wasn't us at least it at least it should be somebody from our group because then you've got all of college football involved in crowning a champion right now you basically said to the 65 teams that don't play in the p5 forget it you know you're not going to get there uh, good luck and that's why there was talk of having our own playoff and there's no way i would ever do that never never accept that ever but so you know that's that's where we are and i'm not there yet uh, i know danny white's been campaigning for an 18 playoff because there likely would be a spot for teams from our league and, and i understand that i understand the concern and and i understand that that's something that you know is attractive to us as a league i'm just trying to take a position that would you know again be the right one for college football and again i can be persuaded down the road that maybe we ought to think about going to eight maybe there's some tweaks you can do to the regular season or other things that would make an 18 playoff make sense and, and not everybody in the 18 playoff is playing those extra games obviously the teams that lose in the first round or not and, or the semifinalists but you know uh, again uh, it's it's still a um, you know it's not an easy thing and, and right now by the way uh, mike i see no support for it i see no support at all among the commissioners for uh, expanding the playoff and so i don't think you're going to see it anytime soon Mike, I'm interested too. I was down in Newport. You had the huge Power Six uh, campaign. What has the reaction been amongst the other commissioners, the John Swaffords of the world, the Delaney's, um, about the Power Six emerging from a Power Five to a Power Six? Just interested in what's been their take on the other side of it, and including the American. Well, 
I haven't had a lot of conversations with them about it, but when I when I have had some, uh, I think it's generally admiration for what we're doing. You know, they think if they were in our position, they'd be doing it. You know, we have the um, the back backdrop. We have the the facts. You know, that to support what we're doing, uh, it's a foundation that's pretty strong. It's not built on sand. You know, we've won these big games. We've won them over the last few years. We're big schools. Our attendance is increasing. We graduate our players, and we've got almost three million alumni. Uh, we've got uh, bigger stadiums than we've ever had. Uh, you know, we're, we're got a great TV deal in terms of exposure, and I think you know we'll we'll be able to do a new TV deal down the road and get more money. But the exposure's been great. Uh, we're on ABC uh, as many as six times a year. Our championship game's been on ABC. The war on I four our Friday game against uh, UCF and, and USF uh, was on ABC. So we we you know we've got a lot of the markers of a P six conference. And, I think they admire the fact that we're aggressive and that we're uh, we're trying uh, hard, and I think other commissioners have said that to me as well. Um, I think nationally, the the P6 campaigns gained a lot of traction. I don't think there's any question that uh, what we've done the last month, these great games, and it didn't it wasn't just UCF. You had to have great a great Memphis team and a great USF team to create those terrific games, and uh, it's really helped our, our conference uh, perception of it. Uh, it's a convergence that really worked. You know, we didn't start the P6 campaign when we planned to a year ago because of the Big 12 situation. You know, I, I knew we might lose teams, and it just seemed, uh, you know, at the time, um, you know, not appropriate to do it, uh, risky. And then once uh, the Big 12 thing uh, ended and it looked like our league would stay intact, it seemed like there was no reason not to, to launch it in earnest uh, because of, of our success in the past, all those games we had won prior to this year. And sure enough, uh, we had a great year, and it just augmented the uh, the, the campaign. Uh, we brand everything you know, around the field, stadiums, P6. You know, subliminally, we want that in people's minds. We want them to think P6. We want them to realize that we're separate from the others, that we're closer to the P6 by far. We're the, uh, we're the old Big East schools, some of them, uh, who were in the BCS, some of the old Southwest Conference schools that were in the BCS. We, we desperately want to get back there and think we've earned it, and so we'll continue that campaign. It's not the end game, though, Mike. You know, the campaign's a campaign. I mean, the PR is important. It's important to get the media on our side, and I think that's happening now. This controversy with UCF is certainly helping us. I think the, um, you know, the fans are on our side. Uh, certainly social media seems to be on our side, and, and that's essentially the fans. Uh, so that's all positive, but we need to find a way to become an autonomy conference, meaning that we're part of that group of uh, five conferences that can uh, pose certain kinds of legislation. That's more an inside baseball situation for most fans. They're not really concerned about that. But we have to, in the public mind, be perceived as a P6 as well. Uh, having a contract goal down the road would, would, I guess, put us in that category. Having a much better TV deal would put us in that category. At some point, we just want to be viewed that way. And if we're not, we're going to be held back, even if we're good, even if we win games, and even if we prove ourselves because we, we don't have the, the branding, so to speak. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. 
pizzaoven.com. Their pizzas are cooked in a stone-fired brick oven directly on the stone to lock in the flavor. Stone Lovin' Pizza uses all-natural products. In other words, their dough, sauce, and cheese contain no additives, preservatives, or weird chemicals of any kind. Come visit one of Stone Lovin's three locations, including the newest location at 1649 Beacon Street in Newton. Go Eagles! Mike, you mentioned you referenced the TV deal. I just want to dig into that. You're a former CBS Sports programming guy. Just give us the time, people, for fans of your conference, where it stands and what your goals are. Uh, if we could just dig into that TV deal. Also, I'd like to note the Peach Bowl did really well. 8.4 million viewers uh, for Central Florida Auburn. So a great rating right there. It did extremely well. In fact, I was pleased. You know, it went up against uh, a lot of competition. It's the only New Year's Six game that, that has to face that kind of competition. The others have uh, an exclusive window. My guess is you would have seen, uh, you know, uh, an audience. Uh, I don't know that it would have doubled, but you might have seen a, a you know, a twenty or thirty percent increase if, uh, if it had been unopposed. Uh, we had basically rough, roughly the same number of viewers as the Notre Dame LSU game, and you have two marquee programs, the Notre Dame and National Brand playing against you in a close game. Uh, Michigan, South Carolina playing. They didn't do anywhere near as well, but they were also siphoning off some viewers. But I was really pleased. We did really well. People really cared about the game. They watched the game. Uh, but in terms of, uh, you know, uh, what we need to do with TV, obviously I think our TV value has been, you know, enhanced considerably over the last, um, you know, few months, what we've done as a conference. Uh, I think uh what this controversy has done also, Mike, it's it cemented the UCF brand nationally. I don't think there's any question about it. Yeah, no question. The country now yeah, knows who UCF is. They, they know what kind of university they are. They're a huge university with a lot of potential. They know a little bit more about their history because people have talked about their Fiesta Bowl win a few years ago and Blake Bortles and some of the other great players they've produced. Uh, but that, that's really a huge thing for our conference because I've always felt that our flagship universities were those two Florida schools in many respects. You know, the, the war on I-4, USF. USF had a great year as a good coach in Charlie Strong. So, you know, the pieces are in place. Uh, in terms of TV, you know, our ratings have been good. Uh, we've now, I think, surpassed 40 games where we've had a million or more viewers. I think we're going to be more and more relevant. Fortunately, we are still scheduling the, uh, you know, we call them the other P6 conferences, but the, the P5 conferences. We've got a lot of great games against them. Over the next 10 years, uh, the Big Ten's designated us a top you know, interconference opponent, which helps us schedule them. Uh, and, and we've been viewed as a peer conference by a lot of the five. So that is, is helping us with TV because if you have these really outstanding games uh, and you know our teams are going to be competitive, then you're going to probably get pretty good viewership. And content is still king. I'm still convinced that if you have good content, you know somebody's going to want you. I think ESPN been a great partner for us so we're hoping to do something you know with them perhaps before the uh, negotiating period which is at the beginning of next year uh we're also looking hard at the online world uh, you have to i mean that's a big part of what's happening down the road uh and uh we'll, we'll see where that goes i think we can probably do a multifaceted deal this time around it's night and day from where we were five years ago that's for sure but you know you have to look at the landscape and see who has certain needs and, and where your product fits in the other, I think, value we bring, Mike, is we play all those Thursday-Friday games. It's not easy to get quality games on those dates. Um, some of the other conferences won't do it, and um, we're not willing to do the, the, the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday business, but we think that Thursday-Fridays make some sense. We don't ask teams to do it that much each season. You know, maybe they'll do it once or twice, uh, and that's been very valuable. 
know, to have that exposure. Uh, we're we're getting more ABC exposure. We're getting more, you know, when the Big Ten um, did a deal with Fox, uh, as well as uh, ESPN, ESPN lost some of their product and it's given us more opportunity. So in the end, we, uh, we've had, uh, you know, pretty good uh, stretch of, of success. And I think that'll translate down the road. I think live content of this quality is is not, uh, you know, it's, it's rare. Uh, we're the only conference in the next several years that's likely to be truly, you know, on the open market in that sense. If ESPN doesn't lock us up, um, you know, the other deals are longer term. I think ACC and SEC are probably with ESPN for the duration, you know, for decades because of the way those deals are structured. Um, and so we're there, and uh, we... Uh, you know, we think we've got great product that people are now interested in in a way maybe they weren't five years ago. Well, in the last couple of minutes, Mike, like just talk about the basketball. But first of all, congratulations on the great football season and culminating with that great Peach Bowl victory with UCF over Auburn. Well, thank you. That was an important game for us because it's probably uh, it's probably the toughest bowl opponent we've had. Although we've had some good ones, you know, Baylor and uh, and Florida State. We've had some very tough regular season games over the last several years. And we've had even higher-ranked teams, but this, this this Auburn team is very formidable. And, and the perception going in was that we would get crushed, that you know we couldn't handle their physicality and all of that. And I think you saw that um, UCF handled themselves quite well, and, and you got the sense that they can play with anyone. And uh, that was uh, really important for us because you know we had we had uh, you know registered our concerns about where they were ranked, and I think had they not played well and had they lost. People would have said, "Yeah, they were where they belonged, or maybe they weren't even as high as uh, you know as they were ranked," and, and that would have been a blow to our uh, you know uh, our stature and to what we're trying to accomplish. As it turned out, it's just the opposite now, and I'd be interested to see where the uh, the AP and coaches polls finally rank UCF. But uh, it was a great game, great story for us, and uh, it was a capstone to what was really really an outstanding football season. And we've had a few. You know, 2015 was great. Uh, it really was, and last year was very solid. We had really good teams. We just didn't end up on New Year's Day. Uh, but uh, thank you for that. And, uh, yeah, basketball is uh, is really uh, revving up, and we're very pleased with where we are. So I went to the game Wichita State and UConn last week in great atmosphere. Wichita State looked really good pulling it out. But uh, taking a big-time look at it, Wichita State and Cincinnati are currently ranked. SMU and Houston are on the verge. Just take a general look at the basketball in your conference. It's very good, and, and it's not good just because Wichita State was added, although it's been a huge uh, boon to us, no question uh, that they're going to add a lot to our conference. But, yeah, Cincinnati's an excellent team. Uh, Houston and, and SMU are, are outstanding, and, and both of them are, are likely tournament teams. Uh, and UCF is very good and overlooked right now. You know, they lost B.J. Taylor, their point guard. He's due back soon, and they've been winning even without him. And with him, they could easily be undefeated. You know, they're going to tackle fall, you know, obviously their center, big big center. But they're going to be very good. Johnny Dawkins does a fine job. You know, we've got a couple of other programs like Temple uh, that, uh, you know, are on the cusp. Uh, Tulsa's had a good record. Uh, it's really ironic. You would not have thought that we could be as strong as we are with UConn and Memphis down a bit. You know, these are programs that are, are flagships, and they're also the most venerable uh, pedigree programs that we have. UConn with its four national titles and tremendous history over the past several, you know, past couple of decades. And then, of course, Memphis going back, you know, generations really with great basketball. Uh, but they both, you know, they have good coaches and, and it's just a question of time when they'll, they'll, they'll be back. But the fact that we're doing that well 
with them down is really a testament to the overall strength of the league. And Tulane is doing a lot better with Mike Dunleavy. And you're starting to see, you know, we have uh, most of our teams now have RPIs in the 100s or lower, which is a goal we've had. I think we've, we're on track to have four or five, possibly even six playoff teams, depending on how Temple does and whether UConn or, or uh, Memphis can rise up and maybe steal a bid down the road. Uh, so it's really a good story, uh, and it's only going to get better. I mean, I think we've got a lot of great coaches in place. It's a good league. I think adding Wichita was, was important because, you know, it really got the attention of everyone, and now they consider us a power league, as I think we always were. We won the national championship in 2014, but uh, truth be told, we've been disappointed in the performance the last few years. We've had very few tournament teams, relatively speaking, although a couple of years ago we did have four. But we haven't done as well in the tournament, haven't gone as deep. I haven't had the seeds we wanted. I think that's all going to start changing now, and you're going to see this conference become a dynamo in basketball. And we want to be because it's not just football. Football's important. It drives the rights deals, no question. Uh, it's, a, it's a sport that generates the revenue and generates the interest. Uh, the tournament sucks a lot of interest out of the regular season in college basketball, but we want to be good in basketball. It's, a, it's obviously the other major sport. We're very good in women's basketball with UConn, and we have some other good teams. And, and you want to be good in Olympic sports, it doesn't necessarily drive uh, distribution or, or uh, you know, uh, ratings or, or uh, revenue in terms of a new TV deal, but uh, it can't hurt. And we've got great Olympic sports, too. We've got an outstanding baseball league. We'll have teams knocking on the College World Series door. So uh, the league's in, in great shape right now. Uh, I think uh, no resting on our laurels because uh, we know how tough a struggle this has been. You know, every day has been a battle for five years. And we're far from finished. We've got a lot of work to do to get to where we want to be. But at least these schools have the commitment, Mike. You know, the presidents, the ADs, uh, the administrators, uh, everybody is pulling in the same direction. Uh, they've made the commitment to hire top coaches to pay them as much as they can in both sports. And, uh, and we'll see where that goes. And you have a great venue in Orlando, home of the Magic, uh, for your conference tournament this March as well. Yeah, we, we enjoyed being there a couple of years ago. Um, we, uh, you know, we think it'll be a, a pretty good tournament. Uh, should be exciting, and also uh, uh, with UCF being good, and by by the end of the season, with, again with BJ Taylor, their point guard back, one of the better players in our league, they could make some noise in that tournament, and that could mean bigger crowds. Uh, UConn's got a lot of fans in that area as well. Uh, Wichita will bring a ton of fans in their first tournament in the American, so it's going to be a lively atmosphere down there. They have a beautiful, the Magic Arena is great. The people are great. Uh, we love Orlando. We enjoy the weather. We enjoy all the attractions. So it should be terrific. And then after that, we go to Memphis, and then uh, we're going to be in the brand-new arena in Fort Worth for three years. Um, and that should be quite an experience as well. It's going to be a beautiful new arena. It's going to host an NCAA early-round uh, session uh, in the next couple of years. And, uh, you know, our, again, I think our fans are going to be able to travel. You know, we've got six or seven schools, you know, within almost driving distance of, of uh, Fort Worth. And that's going to mean, you know, tremendous crowds. You look at, uh, you know, Wichita, and you look at SMU being right there, Houston, and, and uh, Tulsa, and Memphis, and others. Um, so uh, I'm very pleased with where we're going. And women, we've uh, we've done a three-year deal with the Mohegan Sun Arena. We have the largest attendance of any women's tournament, uh, and uh, that'll continue. And our, our membership doesn't mind the fact that it's it's home territory for UConn because it means huge crowds. I think we had. Close to 35,000 people come to our women's tournament. There's tremendous excitement there, too. So it's all moving in the right direction. And then just to wrap it all up, Mike, five years now into the American Athletic Conference. First of all, that's hard to believe. 
Just evaluate where you are now and where you want to be maybe five years from now. Well, I think, you know, I hope in five years we've made, uh, you know, the kind of progress we've made in the last five. Because if we do, then we'll clearly be ensconced in that in that P6 universe, you know, and that's what we want. We want, we want to be viewed as playing all times at the highest level. Our kids deserve that. Um, I look back over the five years, and I remember uh, when, obviously, those Catholic schools left, uh, we were the ones that were criticized, and, and, and uh, we were the ones who... Uh, I think were uh, written off, basically. I think people said, you know, there's not much left, and, and I said, that's nonsense. We've got, you know, 11 really good schools, and, and Navy is coming in. So we'll have 12 excellent schools playing football and 11 playing basketball. And I felt that if this group stayed together and had the commitment, they could do some remarkable things. Uh, nobody, I think, believed me at the time. And when I say we're going to be a P6 down the road, I don't think people necessarily believe me now, but I think uh, it's going to happen. And I think they could look back at what our conference has done and, and maybe draw some, some interesting parallels from that. But when we, you know, when the breakup came, we had to work out that uh, very difficult situation negotiation with the, uh, you know, the Catholic schools and ultimately had to surrender the name in order to get the revenue that we needed to keep going. We had to find a new venue. We didn't have a name. We didn't have a logo. We didn't have a TV deal at all, and TV wasn't viewing us the way they would view us now. So we had a lot of things to do, but our administrators stayed firm. They stayed together. They didn't splinter off to other conferences. And as a result, you know, we, um, we've had success. We also were fortunate to have a lot of great football coaches in place who had not achieved success yet. They were building their programs like Justin Fuente at Memphis and, and others. Um, and so consequently, we had a lot of 210 teams, you know, Matt Rule at Temple, that became juggernauts, became really powerhouse teams, and shocked the world with some of those big victories. So that helped. UConn winning a national championship early on made a big difference. Uh, you know, UCF winning the Fiesta Bowl, we had a fairy tale early you know, a start you know, of the first season. So we had five teams, I think, in the top 25 in basketball at various times. So we, um, we made an impact quickly that we probably didn't think we would make. But I knew long-term that this group could, could do some great things. You know, they're in big markets, they're big schools, they, they have good pedigree, uh, they've got fan support more than they've ever had. You know, it's Jay Crowdhamill used to always say, he's the uh, former uh, athletic director at Syracuse, it's not the market you're in, it's the market you deliver. You've got to deliver your market, and we're starting to do that now, and uh, I think the future's bright. Uh, it's been a great five years. I'm really excited about our schools and where they're going. And I do think there's some stability in, in the landscape. You, know, you never know down the road, but that's been another issue for us. We've, we've held everything together and become cohesive. I think we proved that when we redid our football schedules this year in the wake of the hurricanes. You know, a lot of work to do, and a lot of schools had to accept schedules that weren't as good as their original ones, but they did it all for the good of the overall enterprise for the conference, and I think that showed the cohesion that we've built. So we'll see where it goes, Mike, but I'm, I'm very pleased. I'm pleased for our, our school. I'm pleased for the kids. Just share one thing with you as we, as we go go off. Uh, I was on the podium. You know, they always invite the commissioner to be on the podium if you win one of these bowl games. And, you know, I, I was able to say hello to Mackenzie Milton. And what I said to him was that, you know, as, as good a football player as he is, I was really pleased that he's such a great kid. And he is. He's just a tremendous young man. And the same thing with Shaquem Griffin. You have to be able to hug him and, and just talk about him and, and his attitude. You know, he doesn't let uh, it, disability, it's not even a disability in his view, to get in the way to become a great football player. And it's just a, he's a great human being. He's got two degrees already. And it just you just love seeing these kids. And 
trying to do in this conference is to make sure they're never viewed as second-class citizens, that they're viewed as playing at the highest level, which they deserve. They've proven it, and I just don't think, uh, you know, I don't want that taken away from them. So we'll see where it goes, Mike. Uh, I do think we're going to get there eventually, but uh, a, lot of, a lot of work still to do. Well, Mike Oresco, congratulations, Commissioner of the American Athletic Conference. A great football season so far, and continued success as we transition now into the heart of the basketball season. Well, thank you, Mike. Thanks for having me. Happy New Year! And uh, again, we'll uh, we'll enjoy basketball and uh, and uh, and savor what we did in football. But thank you again for having me. Okay, great. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm. Based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum, CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Their pizzas are cooked in a stone-fired brick oven directly on the stone to lock in the flavor. Stone Lovin' Pizza uses all-natural products. In other words, their dough, sauce, and cheese contain no additives, preservatives, or weird chemicals of any kind. Come visit one of Stone Lovin's three locations, including the newest location at 1649 Beacon Street in Newton. Go Eagles! Well, thanks so much to Mike Oresco for joining us here on the Lights Camera Sports Podcast. Uh, a lively conversation, and you know, be very interested to follow to see how the American Athletic Conference does in the next couple of years to see maybe they can get closer to that Power Six designation that they really, really want to have. Uh, as always, like to remind everybody if you're a BC football fan, you need to be part of the BC Football Gridiron Club. Just go to bcfootballgridiron.com to sign up and get more details. As always, thank you so much to our sponsors, Chestnut Hill Technologies and Stone Lemon Pizza. This is Mike Galtieri saying so long and signing off.